thinking. So let me just ask you this question. Do you think it's possible to, to develop a great church without having some type of a visitation program? I see somebody shaking their head. Why, why would a visitation program be important towards building a great church? Okay, so uh, you would you would need a visitation program that would allow members to get to know each other better, right? What about visitors? Do you, do you think it's important for visitors who come to a congregation to feel welcome and 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 to get to know something about that church and and have a lot of people come? I, I love it here at Graver Road when we have somebody who comes to visit our services and. And, and sometimes on Sunday mornings we announce the names if they filled out a card. Sometimes we don't do that. But yet it seems that every time uh, that, that family or that person is, is just met by so many of our members who tell them how glad we are to have them and hope that they'll come back and visit with us. So I, I think a visit, so does the visitation program, does it have to be organized? We've had organized visitation programs. I'm looking at Lonnie and Lorraine there. And, and perhaps uh, uh, Edie and uh, Stan, too, have been part of visitation programs we've had in the past. And there's nothing wrong with an organized visitation program. In fact, statistics point out probably that more visits are made by a congregation that does have a formal visitation program. So why do you think that might be true? Yes. visitation program would probably have someone in charge of it. You might even have teams, and you might have captains of each team. You'd have assigned visits, and somebody would be recording all of that and promoting or encouraging people to make the visits. Therefore, you might have more, uh, more visits made with an organized visitation program. However, statistics also point out that organized visitation programs rarely last over six months. Isn't that interesting? They're, they're good. And, and they get a lot of visits made when they start off and the program kicks off. But, but what happens as people are making the visits and as the program grows along? Well, all kinds of things happen, right? Life kind of gets in the way, right? So fewer people are making the visits. And the and, 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 and first thing you know, it just kind of fizzles, right? It fizzles. So... Do we, do we have to have an organized visit program, visitation program to, in order to visit in the church? We do not. We are all, all capable of visiting, every one of us. So in Matthew chapter 25, uh, actually I want to read from 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7 through 10. We're not going to read all these 
verses tonight. But in 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, beginning with verse 7 through 10, we find these words. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So having a visitation program is one way that we can show concern, like Debbie said, our, to our fellow members. That's, that's true. Um, 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 sustaining a visitation program is difficult to do. Uh, it seems that the person who is behind it is always making telephone calls and always trying to encourage n not so much the, the visitors, but the people who are in the visitation program. It's a lot of work, especially a lot of work to keep up with all the different visits that are made and record those and be sure that people don't make uh, the same kind of visits all, all the time. I, I think that's one of the keys to help us being good visitors or, or being a part of the church, uh, being members of the church who do like to visit. Can you think of what, what all kind of visits should we as, as God's children, what kind of visits should we make? Visit the sick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Who else should we be visiting? I'm sorry. Yeah. People... People who are bereaved from the loss of a loved one. People who are going through difficult times financially. Uh, so, new, new people to the community. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we don't have to have an organized visitation program for all of us to be involved in visitation. Some of the other types of visits we could make are, uh, we've mentioned newcomers to the community, those who are confined to homes, uh, recovered from sicknesses, those who are in the hospital, new members, uh, those who have recently been baptized, or those who are moving to the area and identifying with the church. We've talked about the bereaved delinquent members. By the way, the elders... We have, a, we have a formal visitation program, don't we, Doug? Uh, I, maybe you know this, maybe you don't know this, but the third, the third Tuesday night of each month, I just have to say we haven't been real good about that for the last several months. We've had other things we've been working on, right? Now that that's over with, we can move on. But that's actually a night that we reserve for visitation. And, and the type of visits that we normally do on that particular night are generally to delinquent members, discouraged members. We have visited people who are in hospitals and shut-ins and like that too. So um, all visits aren't easy to make. What, what are some things that would be good for us to talk about when we go to make a visit? Obviously, if we're going to visit someone, we have to have something to say, right? I mean, we don't just go knock on the door and say, well, we came to visit you, but we really don't know what we want to talk about. Now, if you're going to visit, it would be. I, I've thought of a couple of things that you could take with you on all the visits you make. Uh, number one, we have cards that are printed that have the service times on them. And also, 
th those cards uh, uh, give you a place to kind of write on the back if you make a visit and the, the people aren't home. You could at least say, you know, we stopped by tonight to visit you for a few moments. Uh, and, and if they were new to the community, you could say, we wanted to welcome you to the community and, and we thank you for coming to Grave Road and we'd like to encourage you to come back and visit with us again. So you can make a short note on it, right? Uh, if you're visiting a new family, maybe it would be a good idea to take a copy, an extra copy of the program of work. Yeah. So, some, you know, some people who are new to the community probably don't know all the different areas of work that we have going on here at Grave Road. So that would be a good thing to carry with you. How about a directory, a church directory? Another good thing. That would be a good thing to have, right? Uh, you, you might even, if you, if, you know, depending on how much room you have, you might carry a copy of the current classroom situations and and let people know that we have classrooms and classes for all ages on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and even be able to tell the person, this is the person who's teaching the age group of your children. That would be a good thing to do, right? So there's a there's a lot of you know a lot of different things that we can take with us on a visit that would help us to know what we need to talk about. I think you know certainly we would we visit someone we if there's someone who has visited the services we want to thank them for coming and and invite them to come back and worship with us. Uh, one of the things that we need to do when we visit people is to listen to what people say. It's interesting what people will tell you when you're visiting, right? You might you might find out some some uh, for instance you may visit someone who's visited the church and find out that the the husband is a member of the church but the wife is not, and but but she's interested in knowing more about the church and so you could that would kind of open the door for a Bible study, wouldn't it? That'd be something we could keep in mind too. That you know, sometimes as we listen to people, we and uh, uh, especially if we're visiting someone maybe who has uh, been delinquent from services, we might find out that there's been sickness in the family, and we didn't know that. Uh, it, it's amazing. I remember, I, I very well remember <laughs> a, a member that just this lady's. I don't think this this, this member's even living anymore. But uh, one time uh, she had been sick. And she came to services, and we, I told her, we've been missing you at services. She says, well, I've been sick in the hospital. And then she said, so why didn't you come to see me? <laughs> I didn't have an answer for that. I, I probably should have gone to see her. But, but uh, actually, she put another word in there that just wasn't very nice. And it was right here in the church building where a lot of people heard. And I thought, wow, that was kind of bad. So... Yeah, you know, uh, sometimes uh, if people are sick and they don't let the church office know that there's sickness, they may not get visited. They certainly may not. So whenever we go to make a visit, it's important for us to know what we're, what we're visiting for. Are we visiting, you know, are the new members new to the area, looking for a church home, uh, new Christians, new babes in Christ? Are, 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 are they, you know... And so we can talk to them about that. We can help them to know about the programs and work that we have. We can listen to them. We can ask questions about their, their children. If they have children, what are their ages? Uh, that's a great opportunity for us to teach, for us to tell someone who's new to the area a little bit about our area, right? 
maybe you have someone who's coming to the air. Maybe, maybe even Andy and Catherine, when they get here, they won't know much about Rosenberg. Maybe it would be a good opportunity for us to tell them and say, hey, look, let us tell you about, you know, the, the doctors or hospitals or, or dentists that you go to. Uh, there's a lot of things that we'll be able to tell them that they don't know about Rosenberg. So we certainly want to make them welcome. And we certainly want to uh, listen and, and learn from them too. So the point is all of us, every one of us, can be visitors for the Lord. All of us can, uh, we can have a, a positive attitude, a smile on our face. We can welcome people and make them feel, war make them feel warm and welcome at our services, encourage them to come back. Uh, and, you know, you might even end up by saying if you have questions about the church, about the Grave Road Church family, we would be more than happy to put you in contact with one of the elders or uh, we would put you in contact with one of the deacons to learn more about the church. So visiting isn't hard, but it's one of those things we have to make time for. Uh, it, it seems that our lives sometimes are just, it's, they're filled with good things, right? So it's sometimes it's difficult to make time to go visit. Uh, husbands and wives are a good visitation team. It's an opportunity for you. You know, Saturdays sometimes are good to visit. So um, sometimes it's just a good idea if we are thinking about visitation to think about, okay, to, maybe it would be a good idea for me to set aside a special time to do that. And whatever that time works out for you. Uh, just one caution about visits uh, and we, we, we talk about this as elders in our meeting. We as elders, typically we would not go and visit a, uh, uh, an older person late at night. We make it a point to try to make those visits earlier. Uh, sometimes think about it, it might be more appropriate for two elders to be together to make a visit rather than one. What, what, if, what if we have a... Uh, uh, a, a young a young lady who is visiting services and she's she lives by herself. It might be a good idea for two elders to make that visit, or for two women of the church to make that visit, rather than just one person. In this day and time, I, I I think it's worth thinking about. You know how how who needs to go to make the visit? What time of day is it is a good time to go? So, uh, so a, a church that's Developing to be a great church, going to be a great church, is a church that's going to have some type of a visitation program, uh, either organized or, or maybe just encouraging their members to visit those new people in the community. Any thoughts or questions you might have about visitation? Yes. Yeah. Very, very, very true. What, what, I, there's one thing I didn't say about visits is you need to keep the visits short, okay? Especially if you're, if you're visiting someone and haven't given them notification that you're coming. It, it's not a good idea to, to, to think about a long visit. But, you know, some, some of you, I, I know there's one particular person in this 
room here tonight who doesn't particularly like people coming unannounced to their house. And I'm not going to say who she is. I just happened to be married to her for over 45 years. That's all. But, you know, if, 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 if we would welcome you. I can tell you that. But you, we would be... We would welcome you better if you called ahead and let us know you're coming. Okay, just so, just so you know. So, and 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 we 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 uh we think about this too, don't we, Doug? About visitation. Is it better to call someone to let them to, to make arrangements for you to come and visit and check it if it's okay with them, or is it is it sometimes better not to do that? I, I think it could go both both ways, right? The, the chance, there's a good chance you've got to make a visit and you haven't called ahead and nobody will be home. Well, that's a good time to leave that card, right? To make the note that you and whoever was with you made that visit that night and, and that sorry we missed them. If they come to church, invite them to come back at the next, next time they have a chance. Okay. All right. So, uh, you know, when you stop and think about what we have in Christ, the, uh, our, our salvation, all that God has done for us, it should be easy for us to visit, especially visit our brothers and sisters, right? And because we have so much in common and so much to talk about. So much to talk about as, as, we, um, as we share what God has done for us. So the second lesson 10 talks about caring for the needy. I kind of thought these kind of go kind of hand in glove. You know, the visitation and caring for the needy could kind of kind of go together. Um, so it's it's interesting to note sometimes, and, and we're gonna we're gonna look at some verses from the Old Testament, but to note how that God has always shown special favor to uh, those who are widows, those who are poor and orphans. Have Have you ever noticed that His concern for the poor and needy is expressed. Oftentimes in the in the Bible, both Old Testament and New Testament and New Testament. Turn over to the book of Psalms and let's look at a couple of verses together. In Psalms chapter 9 and, and verse 18, the psalmist would write as soon as I find it. Psalms 9, verse 18. Uh, For the needy shall not always be forgotten, the expectation of the poor shall not perish forever. And so he promises not to forget those who are in need, those who are poor. Uh, in Psalms chapter 12 and verse 5, uh, he talks about safety provided for those who are poor, for the oppression, for the oppression of the poor, uh, for the sighting of the needy. Now I will arise, says the Lord, I will set them in, in the safety for which he yearns. So God has promised that he will keep them safe. He's promised deliverance in Psalms chapter 35 and verse 10. Uh, uh, in Psalms chapter 113 verse 7, uh, he, he, he has uh, promised to be a helper to those who are downtrodden. So turn over, if you will, to Psalms chapter 113 verse 7, and we find these words. He raises the poor out of the dust and lifts the needy out of the ash heap, that he may seat him with princes, with the princes princes of his people. So God has always shown special favor. Think about this just for a moment. Did, didn't God show special favor to uh, uh, the needy and the poor whenever he was given instructions to the Israelites about how to, uh, how to live their lives and plant their fields? What was one of the things he provided for? 
Yeah, and then, and wasn't it also every seventh year that they were to leave the fields unplanted, so so that the the people could people who are poor or whatever could come and and glean food from them. So God has always shown special favor and told His children to look out for those who are poor. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. To leave, the, you know, when you when you're when you're gathering the fruits of the field, to leave the corners, uh, even when you thought when you think about Ruth, right? When you go back and read the book of Ruth and read what what happens, or was she and is it Naomi? Was that her mother, mother-in-law, mother-in-law? Right. Whenever they go back to the home country, well, Ruth goes out to the field to gather grain because they they were they were poor. And, and they were they were able to do that simply because of what God had told them to do. Uh, as God's children, we ought to reflect our Father's concern. And in First John chapter three and verse one, uh, John would write th these words: First John chapter three and verse one. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we would be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, uh, because they did not know him. But John says that we are called the children of God. As, ch as children of God, we ought to reflect God's character and attributes in the world in which we live, right? A great church is made up of people who care for others and uh, who, are, who happen to be in need. So uh, God gave clear instructions to the Jews about the treatment of the poor. We, we talked about that earlier. Uh, and, and he also condemned those who oppressed the poor. Uh, in, Psalm, in Isaiah chapter 10, verses 1 through 3, the, the prophet Isaiah would write these words. Isaiah chapter 10, the first three verses. Has someone, someone got that before I did? So, so not only does God encourage his children to have concern for those who are in need and, and for those who are poor, he also says he has some strong words of warning for those who would oppress the poor, those who would take advantage of the widows. He says that it's not going to be a good day for them if they do that. So members of the New Testament church are also told of their obligation towards those in need. We find that in a number of different places, but it, uh, we could look at First John chapter three and verse seventeen. I should have told you to hold that place a while ago. First John chapter three and verse seventeen points points this out. But whosoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? So 
you know, we're, we're, we're encouraged as New Testament Christians to remember also those who are, who are in need, those who are poor. Uh, Christians are also warned about the lack of concern for the poor. You can look at James chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. If you're still in there in First um, John, turn back over to James, just a couple of chapters. James chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. What does it profit, my, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or a sister is naked or destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for their body, what does it profit? What does it profit? So Christians are warned, you know, if we have this world's goods, if we have blessings from God, then we're, and we see those who are in need, uh, be they widows or poor, then we're to share those things that we have. We are to share those things because, uh, you know, it's, it's just showing our love and concern the same way God has shown love and concern for those who are who are poor. Um, but but it also should be noted in the New Testament that uh, that Christians are told not to help the indolent. Turn over to First Timothy chapter five and verse eight. So the, so the question might come up: Well, does that mean we are to help everyone? Well, listen listen to what Paul told the young man Timothy, First Timothy chapter five verse eight. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. I, 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 there's another place that says that if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. Right? So, so while we as Christians are, are, are encouraged, commanded, if you will, to take care of the widows and the orphans and the, and the poor of this world, he also says, you know, if a man is healthy and he can work, but he chooses not to work, don't help that guy. Don't help that guy. Because you're just we're just adding to his what? Um, we're enabling him to keep on doing what he's not doing. So he can eat. So we are, we are encouraged to do that. You know, when you think about the life of Jesus and what he did when he was on earth, he repeatedly showed compassion to the poor. And the needy. He fed people who the sick, encouraged the weak. His life is summed up in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, when talking about talking about what Jesus did while he was here. Says, Now God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed. By the devil, for God was with him. And, and you stop and think about, you know, when Jesus was teaching his disciples, and you remember the time that he fed the 5,000, right? He said, you know, we need to feed these people. And, and then he looked around for what was available, and there wasn't much, right? But God took what little bit was available, and he had the people sit down, and he fed all the people. He sought to their, their needs. These people were in need of eating he took care of that too. So not, not only, of course, did he do that, but he also, we know that he healed uh, the, the sick. We know that he raised the dead. He made the lame walk. He made the blind to see. So, uh, you know, he, he took the time and gave us a clear example of how we as his children should be looking out for those in need. 
the early what about the early church? Uh, we see we we see examples in, in early in early chapters of Acts about exactly how the first the first century Christians looked out for those who were in need. In Acts chapter two verses forty one through forty five. We, we, we've kind of referenced this in other classes, but it says, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, uh, uh, and that day 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all, as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added the church daily, those who were being saved. So it's, it's only a couple of chapters later, we find uh, that, that Barnabas, for one, goes and sells a parcel of land, right? And he brings the money back and lays it at the apostles' feet, so it can be distributed to the poor uh, who are in Jerusalem at that time. Uh, if you turn over to the, the Acts chapter six, and this is not this is not in your uh, on your outline. This is just another occasion of when, whenever uh, the apostles saw a need, and 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 they took care of. In Acts chapter six, now beginning with verse one. Now in those days when the number of the disciples were multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. So there, there, there's your need, right? The Hellenists say that their widows were being neglected. So the, the apostles, I can just imagine what they said, you know, it's, it's not a good idea for us to stop preaching the word and teaching all these new Christians and also those who haven't heard the word for the first time. So how are we going to take care of this problem? So they, they did that. It says in verse 2, Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the work of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit, and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. The business of what? Taking care of the needs of the widows, right? That was going to be their job. That was something that needed to be done. So, we have examples of the early church doing that. We have examples of Jesus doing that himself. We, we have scripture from the Old Testament that told, told God, God tells his people from the very beginning, hey, look, you, you have the poor, you have uh, people in the world who are going to be poor. People who are not going to be able to take care of themselves. You're always going to have those people, right? So God made provisions for them. And he set forth some rules for us to follow. The children of the Old Testament and for us today. It's still our job today to look out for those who are in need. And, and I'm happy to say that we, as the congregation of Graber Road, I think we do a really good job of doing that. Are, are we perfect? No, we're not perfect. But when opportunities are wise, we, we rise to the occasion. And my thought about that is, well, how about Harvey? We took up the special collection to help a flood victim from Harvey, right? But we've done that for other situations in the past, for churches that burned. We sent money to congregations where churches have burned, their, their buildings have burned, 
and, and other natural disasters have taken place. We've, we've always tried to do that. So uh, there's, there's a, a lot of different ways, uh, a lot of different actions that we can take to help those who are in need. We can, we can give to children's homes, which we do. The, the Graber Road, if you look in our budget and our plan of work, you'll notice that we give, we give monthly to children's homes. So that's one thing we can do, taking care of the orphans. Uh, but there's many other things that we can do as a congregation, but there's things that we can also do as individuals. And, and I know that in this audience there are several of our congregation who have reached out and helped people who are in need, and they don't make a big deal out of it. They don't advertise it. They don't look for someone to pat them on the back. They just see the need, and they take care of it. And isn't that a great thing? It's a great thing for us to, to, to follow the example that Jesus set for us to do. We do not have to depend solely upon the congregation to help those in need. Not all help has to be physical. So, sometimes it's not money or food that people need. Sometimes it's a helping hand that people need, right? Um, one, of the, uh, one of the things that we're going to do at, uh, uh, at, uh, in at Pennsylvania when we go, I forgot the name of the town, L Lewistown. When we go to Lewistown, is that one of the days set aside for us to be there is to is to work either in the church building on some special projects or out in the community or in some of the members' homes. An opportunity for us to reach out and help brothers and sisters who are, you know, over a thousand miles away from us. Some of them we may not even know yet, haven't even met them yet. But it's an opportunity for us to do that. For our young people to go to Colorado and conduct a Bible school for a small church in Colorado where, where that, that, that small town may not have ever had a Bible school. And for us, our young people to go and to do that, that's a, that's a great thing. It's, it's great advertisement for the church, right? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great way to tell the community, hey, look, the Lord loves you, the Lord loves us, and here's our opportunity to reflect or, or show our love for Him in doing those kind of things. So there's, the, you know, we can do that individually. In order to help others, we must have the right kind of heart. We must be willing to be generous with our time and our money. There should be a special concern for the needs of those within the body. Look at Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10. Paul would write to the church of Galatia when he's talking about relations uh, that we have one with, with another. In other words, brothers and sisters to brothers and sisters. And, and he would have this to say. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. <clears throat> so while we have an opportunity sometimes to help those who are outside the church, we are commanded to look out for those who are inside the church, our brothers and sisters inside the church. So... Um, in Zechariah chapter 7, verse 9, uh, it, we find that this, these were showed mercy and compassion, everyone to his brother. So it, it, was, it, was a, it was part of the Old Testament. It's part of the New Testament. It's the same law that we follow. I see our classes are coming back in, and again, we tried to cover through two lessons. I know we've done that kind of fast. But note, if you will, in the back of each one of those lessons, there's, there's questions. Uh, for you to take a look at it and take a look at it and answer those if you have the opportunity. Thank you for being here tonight.
and we'll be letting other classes come in at this time.